Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. Now, why do some people not believe? Uh, head on over uh, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, verse 8, and we'll get into this. Uh, you see, because I always want to kind of look at the scripture and I want to uh, examine things from different angles and different perspectives. And so when you, when you have people in the body of Christ saying, well, we don't believe that tongues is for today. We don't believe that miracles happen today. Uh, rather than just kind of dismissing that, uh, my approach is I want to look at scripture and, and see, you know, where are they getting that from? Uh, why, why do they believe what they believe? And so I'm going to show you now, guys, the number one scripture that people use to try to uh, suggest and, 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 and teach that, that, that tongues is not for today. But, but remember, what I keep telling you is that the context of a scripture will determine the application of that scripture. You see, you can't pull a scripture out of context. If you remove... The, the, the text from the context, what you're left with is the con. <laughs> Amen. And so let's look at this now. Let's, let's look at this. First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 13, uh, starting in verse 8, uh, says this. He says, uh, charity never faileth. Uh, charity or, or love uh, never faileth. But watch this now, guys. He says, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Now that word fail means to cease or or to come to an end. And so whether it be prophecies, they shall fail or cease. And watch this now, guys. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Now, now, if you just read the scripture out of context, uh, sounds like a, like somebody could now make a case. Well, we'll see, Alex, you know, tongues is not for today uh, because the Bible says uh, where there be tongues, uh, they shall cease. Well, hold on. We'll look at this in context. Uh, he says, where there be tongues, they shall cease, and uh, where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Now, let me ask you this. Has knowledge vanished away? <laughs> Have we come to the end of, of knowledge? And I don't just mean even biblical knowledge, man. I mean uh, knowledge in general. Uh, we're living in, a, in an age now where there's more knowledge available than ever before, where there's more information available than ever before. And so, so knowledge has not ceased. Uh, any kind of knowledge has not ceased, and so, and so, what is he talking about when tongues shall cease, when knowledge shall cease? Well, let's study this in context. Verse nine says, "For we know in part, and we prophesy in part." And so, in other words, what he's saying is that the knowledge that we have is always going to be in part. In other words. Uh, so long as we're in the flesh, you see, so long as we have these earth suits, <laughs> uh, we're always going to be limited. In other words, uh, you're never going to have uh, the full spectrum of knowledge that is, that is available. In other words, what I'm saying is, no matter how much you know about Scripture, no matter how much you know about spiritual things, uh, you only know in part. 
<laughs> you say, I don't, I don't care how smart you are. I don't care uh, to how many uh, seminaries you have been. <laughs> uh, what you know is, is, is really sm small in comparison to, to the full uh, range of knowledge. Are you guys catching me? And so, so we know in part, we prophesy in part, but watch this. Look at verse 10. He says, but when that which is perfect has come. Stop right there. When that which is perfect has come. Now, now, there's a time coming, he's saying, where that which is perfect has come. And now watch what he says. He says, then that which is in part shall be done away. Okay, now question, has that which is perfect uh, come? Has that which is perfect come? <laughs> well, you may say no. Uh, some people uh, say yes. Well, it depends what you think he's talking about. Uh, now, there's some people, again, in the body of Christ. Uh, well, let me say this first. Well, now, in context, you see, uh, you see in context that what he's talking about in verse 8 is that uh, tongues shall cease when, when that which is perfect has come. Okay, so there's a time coming where that which is perfect has come, and then tongues shall cease. Now, now, some people say, well, that time has come already because there's some people in the body of Christ who'll say, well, he's talking about the Bible. Uh, you see what he's talking about? When that which is perfect has come is, is, talking, is Paul talking about when the full revelation of Scripture has come. And so the, the, the moment that the Bible was complete, uh, that which is perfect has come. And so the, these people in the body of Christ say, well, because we have Scripture, we don't need prophecies anymore. We don't need uh, tongues anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible is perfect. Uh, the Bible is absolutely perfect. It is the absolutely perfect, inerrant Word of God. But I submit to you, he's not talking about the Bible when he says, uh, when that which is perfect has come, how can we know that? Well, let's read on. <laughs> Amen. It's not about what I'm saying. Let's let the Bible uh, tell us what he's talking about. Uh, verse 11 says, he says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man... I put away childish things. And so he's giving us that as an analogy. Verse 12. Verse 12 says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then, when that which is perfect has come, but then face to face. Now I know in part, what I know now is in part, but then, when that which is perfect has come, shall I know even as also I am known. Praise God. What he's saying is, is, as I said, the knowledge we have now is incomplete. But he says, when that which is perfect uh, has come, he says, then I'll know even as I also am known. In other words, what he's saying is, I'll know in the same way as I'm known by God. You see, uh, in the same way that God knows me, the same uh, glory be to God, infinite knowledge that God has, I will have in the day when that which is perfect has come. Now, guys, as any of you think that right now we have perfect knowledge? <laughs> is, is there anybody right now on this planet who knows the way God knows? Well, no. And so he couldn't have been talking about, when, when, about the Bible when he said, when that which is perfect has come. And so, 
And so what is he talking about? You see, when that which is perfect has come, is talking about the complete salvation, guys. That's talking about uh, that day, praise God, uh, when we are fully in the presence of God. In other words, that's the day you're no longer in your flesh. That's the day you're no longer limited uh, by uh, the flesh uh, as you are right now. In other words, uh, that's the day when you have your glorified body. Simply put, uh, that's the day when you're no longer in this earth realm, but you're with the Lord. That's what that that's what that's talking about. When that which is perfect has come, and so he's saying, absolutely, uh, tongues shall cease, prophecies shall cease, but it'll cease when we don't need it anymore, and that's going to be when we're with the Lord. You see, when we've gone into glory to be with the Lord, and so in other words, guys, in heaven, tongues are no longer going to be necessary. Tongues are not needed in heaven. Uh, there's not going to be no prophesying in heaven. <laughs> you see, that's what that's talking about. And, and, and that's what, what, what it means when that which is perfect has come. He says in verse 13, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is, is charity. And so love is, 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 uh, is the greatest motivator, is what he's talking about. Love should always be the motivation uh, when it comes to pursuing the gifts of the Spirit. And so I just want you to really see this in context, guys, because a lot of people will look at 1 Corinthians 13.8, and they'll look at that and say, well, tongues shall cease <laughs> and so we don't believe in tongues but guys what did we just see in context we said we saw tongues shall cease yeah when that which is perfect has come which in context you see is the day we're no longer in this earth realm in other words in heaven that which is perfect has come and so absolutely tongues will cease one day and tongues will cease uh when we are with the lord you see because in that day guys when we're with the Lord, in that day, tongues will no longer be necessary because we will no longer have our fleshly weaknesses. Yet while we're here on earth, I want you to understand tongues, uh, your heavenly prayer language is actually extremely necessary in order for us to lay hold of the victorious Christian life. Guys, I want you to understand, you don't need to be praying in the Holy Ghost in order to be saved. You don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in order to be saved. You're, you're saved simply by putting your faith in Jesus. But I want you to understand, as I said Sunday, that the power in the Christian life is activated uh, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, if you want to walk in the power and the authority that Jesus has made available to you, I'm going to say, man, whoever you are, you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You need to receive this gift of, of praying in tongues. And, and, and I'm going to give you an opportunity also at the end of, the, of this video. Uh, we'll pray and I'll, I'll, I'll um, show you how simple it is to, to receive uh, this, this grace gift of, of tongues. Amen. Well, praise God. But, but let's, let's study this some more. Uh, go to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans 8, 26. Because uh, we've now established that, yeah, tongues are going to cease when that which is perfect has come. When we have a glorified body, we're no longer limited by, uh, by this earth suit, amen, <laughs> by this flesh. Uh, and, and guys, the flesh is not only the body. Oftentimes, I want you to know when the Bible talks about the flesh, uh, what he's talking about is a mindset. That's really important to understand, that the flesh ultimately is, is a mindset. You see, the flesh is not always this physical body. This physical body is really neutral. It's neither good nor bad. Uh, and, and, and so when, it, when it, it's really the flesh, it's the old uh, fleshly mindset that we're talking about 
your, your physical body is either controlled by your fleshly mindset or, or that your physical body is controlled by the spiritual mind. That's you walking according to who you are in Christ. And, and, and so it's, it's really the, the, the mind. And, and you'll see that's really why tongues is very much necessary uh, while here in this earth. Because as, as Paul was saying there, uh, we only know in part, you see. Uh, that's one of the uh, fleshly weaknesses we have is that, that our minds right now are limited. Uh, that our, the information we have is very limited. And so you really, you really need uh, the prayer uh, you really need your prayer language and the baptism of the Holy Spirit in order to not be limited by these fleshly fleshly weaknesses. Look what he says here in Romans eight twenty six. That's what he's talking about. He's saying he says in verse twenty six. Uh, he says likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Our infirmities. That word infirmities means fleshly weaknesses. Uh, and I'll check this out. This is one way that these fleshly weaknesses manifest. Uh, he says, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. <laughs> how many have ever been there? You know, you want to pray, but you don't know how to pray. You don't know what to pray. Uh, you want to pray for someone, but you don't have all of the information. You don't know all the details of what's going on in their life. And so you don't really know what to pray. Um, and how, how many people are there? Uh, where, where that was a barrier. In other words, that stops you from, from praying as you ought because you don't know how to pray. Well, that's a, a fleshly weakness. You see, that's, that's because we don't have all the information uh, while we're still here in this earth realm. And, and, and watch what he says. He says, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit... Now, the, the King James here says the Spirit itself. Now, that is a, a mistranslation that the Holy Spirit is not an it. Uh, it, it this should be he. I believe the New King James here says himself because the Holy Spirit is, is, is not it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is, is God. Amen. It's the third person. He's the third person of, of the Godhead. And so uh, he says, but the Spirit himself, oh, praise God, guys. The Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And so when you're praying in the Spirit, it's the Spirit who is praying through you. The Spirit is, is interceding uh, through you. You see, uh, now, 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 when we're praying in the Spirit, I want you to understand, it's, it's the Holy Spirit, and it's your born-again Spirit, and it's really your born-again Spirit who is doing the praying, and the Holy Spirit is, is giving the utterance. You're going to see in Scripture uh, cases where he seems to be talking about you praying in your born-again Spirit, and then you'll see instances where it seems like he's talking about you're praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, someone says, well, well Alex, which one is it? Well, um, look at it real quick at uh, 1 Corinthians 6.17. 1 Corinthians 6.17. I want you to know that technically speaking, it, it, it's really both. It really, it's, it's really both. Uh, because the truth is that if you're born again, uh, the born again part of you, your, your spirit, I want you to understand that your, your born again spirit is actually one spirit with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you, you, your spirit has been uh, joined unto uh, the Holy Spirit. Look at this here in 1 Corinthians six seventeen. He says this. He says, But he that is joined unto the Lord, now he that is joined unto the Lord is every person who's born again, every person who's made Jesus the Lord of their lives. He says, But he who is joined unto the Lord is one spirit one spirit with the Lord. 
Now the Greek word for, for one is the, word, is the Greek word hes, which means one to the exclusion of another. You can head back to Romans. Uh, I just wanted, to, wanted you to see that there. Uh, it means one to the uh, exclusion of another. And so, man, what that means is, and I, I really want you to catch this, I want you to understand that there is a part of you. Remember, what you are is spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Now, the deepest part of you, the innermost part of you, that's your spirit, that's the part that is born again. And I want you to know that that part of you that is born again is one with the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that your born again spirit is the Holy Spirit. Catch me. And, and, and again, guys, this is not something that you can understand just with the head. Uh, you see, like I said on Sunday, God is one God manifesting in, in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, in the same way that God is one, but manifesting in these three persons, functioning as these three persons in the same way, your born-again spirit is, is one spirit with the Holy Spirit, and yet it's still, you're still you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so in other words, uh, you're still you. Your born-again spirit is still you, but you're joined unto the Holy Spirit, uh, grafted really into the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said, I'm the vine, uh, you're the branches. Uh, the branches are, are one with the vine. And so in the same way, every born-again believer in, in, in their spirit is, is, is one spirit with the Lord. And so now catch this. Now let's look at this verse again here, Romans 8.26. Is everybody with me so far? You guys following me? Praise God. Now now look at verse verse 26 again. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, likewise the Spirit, the, the Spirit also. Now someone says, is this the Holy Spirit or, or my recreated Spirit? Uh, I submit to you, this is the Holy Spirit. Uh, he says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, our fleshly weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, the Spirit himself is making the intercession. The Spirit himself is giving the utterance. Now, I want you to understand this too. Uh, sometimes people say, well, well, well Alex, I, I'd like to pray in the, in the Holy Spirit. I'd like to pray in tongues, but I, I just, I, I'm not... You know, and then what you do is you just kind of sit and you wait uh, as if now all of a sudden uh, the Holy Spirit is just going to take you over. <laughs> all of a sudden the Spirit takes you over and, 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 and you, it, it just happens by itself. Well, that's not how it works. You see, God is never going to violate your free will. And so in order for you to pray in the Spirit, uh, you're the one who's going to have to do the praying. In other words, you're going you're, you're to have to uh, open open your mouth. Uh, what it really is is that the Holy Spirit, as you begin to talk, is is gonna is gonna give the utterance, and so it's really faith. You know, how do I how do I start praying in the Spirit? It's faith. You just start speaking. Uh, someone says, "Well, Alex, what I'm gonna say? Well, well, uh, just 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 believe by faith. I receive this grace gift of speaking in the speaking in tongues, and open your mouth. And and man, once you open your mouth, that's a that's a faith step." You see, that's you acting now, you taking action in faith. Now you open your mouth, Holy Spirit will begin to give you uh, the utterance. Holy Spirit will, will give uh, the utterance. And so, and so you're doing the one, uh, you're, you're the one who's praying, but the Spirit is, is giving you the utterance. He's really giving you uh, the words. I wrote this down today, um, just kind of, this kind of really made this so clear to me. You know, even in the, in the natural, now I'm talking to you right now, 
And you know, as I'm talking to you in English, I, I, I open my mouth and I'm talking, but man, as I'm speaking, I don't know the exact sentences that I'm about to say. You guys following me? Now that's what you do, and when you have conversations with with people, you know, you just talk to people, and and you open your mouth, and 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 the words come out. Uh, in other words, what I'm saying is, you don't have to stop before you say a sentence, and then figure out the sentence. It would be sure be kind of weird, you know, guys. Like this would be like you're saying something, and then every five seconds you're going to pause for a few seconds until you figured out the sentence that you're about to say. Uh, and then you're going to continue your conversation. Well, that's not how it works. <laughs> Amen. We just talk, you see. And when we talk uh, in English or in our uh, regular language, whatever that is, uh, what happens is we open our mouth and we're just going to trust that the words are going to come. And what it really is, is that our mind is, that our intellect is giving us the words. You see, uh, that the words I'm speaking right now are being filtered uh, through my mind and, and, and when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, it's a very similar process, only that the words are not coming from your mind, they're coming from the Spirit, you see? And so they're coming from a deeper place uh, within you, which is your born-again Spirit, who has been joined unto uh, the Holy Spirit. Now he says, let's look at verse 27 as well. He says in verse 27, And he that searcheth the hearts, speaking of God, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Now, now, question, he knows what's the mind of the Spirit. Is that your born-again Spirit or the Holy Spirit? You, God and the Holy Spirit are one, and so obviously God knows the mind of, of the Holy Spirit. It's one mind. It's one God. Amen. Track with me now, guys. And so he's saying, He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Now, the word Spirit here is, is capitalized. Uh, in the translation, but I submit to you, he's talking now about your recreated spirit, so it shouldn't be capitalized. Remember, when you're dealing with a translation, you will find some words capitalized that shouldn't necessarily be capitalized and, and vice versa. And so what I believe he's saying is that God is searching the hearts. Amen. Now, God knows what's, what the mind of your spirit is, of the recreated spirit who's praying. And so in other words, you don't understand what you're, what you're saying when you're praying the Holy Spirit, but God knows. That's what he's saying here. You see, God knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he, the Spirit who's praying, is making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so, and so when you're praying in the Spirit, Holy Spirit is, is praying through you. At the same time, you've got to open your mouth. And so you're praying, Holy Spirit is giving the utterance and he says, God knows the mind of the Spirit. And what he's doing is, when you're praying, what you're doing is making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Guys, I want you to know, glory be to God, when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God. <laughs> I know what you go say, well, Alex, I, I pray the Holy Spirit, but man, I don't know what I'm praying uh, about. I, you know, I don't know what I just said. Well, well friend... You're praying the perfect will of God, is what the Bible said. You know what? That's enough for me. That's enough for me. Praying the perfect will of God? <laughs> Glory be to God, you see? That's very liberating. You see, I want you to understand, I pray the Holy Ghost all of the time. Uh, I don't only pray the Holy Ghost, but I pray the Holy Ghost um, 
a lot, <laughs> you see, and, and it's very liberating because I don't have to figure out what am I going to pray for, what am I going to say. No, I pray in the Holy Ghost, man, and what I know is glory be to God, I'm praying His perfect will. I can pray for a situation in the Holy Spirit, and I know uh, without my mind knowing what it is, I know that I'm praying the perfect will of God over that situation. Glory be to God. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now to learn more about our ministry and to download the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, simply head to graceworldonline.org forward slash give. Now I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.